I'm on my phone constantly. How do I balance online and real life? My friendship has turned toxic. What can I do? I'm under pressure to fit in. How do I know what's truly me? I want to speak up for my beliefs. How do I start? We're young people and we have questions about everything. Navigating Now is the podcast to help you find answers. Together with trusted guests, we discuss the issues affecting us today and put advice from them to the test. So how's this going to work? In each episode, three young people delve into a different theme, discuss three big questions and listen to advice that's been sent in from across the country. Hi, I'm Tom Kerridge. Started off mostly Hi, as a chef. My name is Lucy. Um, then become I'm 23 years old. Hi, I'm, I'm Kate Ferdinand. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm Craig. I'm 21 years old. Hello, I'm Chris Packham. I'm a broadcaster. My name is Emily. I'm 20 years old and I'm Sundays. We each pick a piece of advice to try out in our everyday lives and record our progress in audio diaries that you'll get to hear across the series. That is going to be tricky. <laughs> the piece of advice that really resonated with me was The piece of advice that I'm trying out is giving confidence. I found testing out the advice was a challenge. It was a bigger I think challenge I'll than I expected. continue to carry out this advice in the future. It gave me the courage to go out and, and try those things. So let's see where this takes us. Listen and laugh along as we figure it out for ourselves and help you to do it too. We are Navigating Now. But hold up, let's just take a moment to get you up to speed with who we are, who I am, and how we got to making this podcast. First things first, I'm Elsie, your narrator. I'm 15 years old and I'm from London. I'm known for my love of music and food and for my long-term ambition to become an engineer. But my role on this series is to be your friendly guide. Me and around 30 other young people from across the UK have come together to make a podcast that we would want to hear. It felt kind of amazing to be selected to take part in the podcast. And we've been pretty excited about bringing this series to your ears. Really glad to be part of this project, just like working with so many young people, whereas in the media we see a lack of representation for youth voice and youth opinion. So I was like, you know what, my story, I come from South London, it's a rough area from where I'm from, I turn my life around. So that's why I wanted to be part of the podcast, just to like help out like, young adults like finding their way in life. Just seeing the, all the behind the scenes is amazing, like all the technicalities are there. It's not just the people speaking that are part of the podcast, you're not just sitting in front of a microphone. It's a wider team, um, loads of young people have been put into this. We've not just been on mic, but we've been off mic too. This podcast group, as we like to call it, has been working away behind the scenes, choosing episode themes, sharing our big life questions, and, along with our podcast producers, gathering advice from family and friends and special guests to help answer them. One of us even did the theme music. Yeah, that was me. So now you know a bit of the backstory, let's get into our very first episode and our first theme, the search for identity. It sounds like a huge topic and that's because it is, but we really wanted to talk about it because identity is something that's really on our minds in one way or another a lot of the time and everyone's perception of their own identity is unique and personal to them. 
when I think of identity, I kind of think of personal self. I'm Muslim and I'm also Somali and, you know, I'm also British. So coming all of those aspects, no other person is going to have the same experience as me. Identity is so broad, but I think my natural place is kind of like outside and like that's where I'm happiest. And so it's, it can be anything from, you know, how you feel as a person uh, to like what you enjoy doing and where, where you're happiest, I think. Juliet, Annika and James from our podcast group will be your hosts for this episode. Let's hear what identity means to them. Hi, I'm Juliet. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm 23 and I'm from Germany. My name is Annika. I'm 14 years old. My pronouns are she, her and I'm from Bristol. I'm James. I'm 17. My pronouns are he, him and I'm from Kent. So Annika and James, when you hear the term identity, what does it mean to you? Does it bring any particular memories or stories? Yeah, I think definitely I would sort of compare it almost to your spiritual being. I view it as more important how you view oneself instead of other people view you. Um, but I definitely see identity as something very changeable, something that changes over time with, with more life experiences. Yeah, I agree with you, James. I think that um, your identity is really how you view yourself more than how other people view you, but also what your hobbies are, what your passions are, and kind of what makes you yourself and nobody else. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice that nobody lives in a vacuum, right? Like, you can learn from other people and also learn what other people think of you and go, oh, maybe I like that, maybe I don't, maybe I want to be known as the person who brings cakes to school on a regular basis maybe <laughs> that's really not my thing at all like you can you can choose your own path <laughs> let's get into our first big question for this episode ready here we go how can i know what my true self is if i'm constantly shifting who i am to try and fit in julia annika and james haven't heard any of the advice that's about to be played so let's see what they make of it the first piece of advice we have is from a young person in our podcast group, Dylan. Hi, uh, my name's Dylan. I'm 19 years old and I'm from London. So my advice to this question really is, in order to find your true self, you have to tackle why you are constantly shifting and why you are trying to fit in. I think I only realised this coming out of secondary school, that there are so many different people with so many different interests. And if you want to really find your true self, you won't find it unless you're happy and I don't believe you are happy if you're constantly trying to fit into something else if you wanted to be your true self whether that would be you know following your interests in the style of clothing that you wear or the style of music that you listen to I think that's a good measure of whether you're actually enjoying the person that you are and if it's something that you're not enjoying I don't think that's the right path to take and there is just so many people that you'll come across that will have the same interests that you genuinely have. And being your true self, you will keep evolving as a person. It's not sort of a definitive answer, I believe. Right, Annika, what do you personally take from the first piece of advice we got? Well, I think what Dylan says about thinking about why you're trying to fit in, a lot of people um, want to try and fit in to make them feel kind of, they think that they're going to feel happy in that sense. And they think that they're going to, I guess, find friends. I think that's something that happens generally in my age group as well in secondary school. But I also think that what Dylan said about trying to follow your true passions is really, really important and um, making yourself feel happy, but also not doing the things that other people do just to make yourself feel happy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think 
I, I, from what I've observed, I don't think people grow out of wanting to fit in. I don't think people grow out of just <laughs> wanting to feel part of a community. We're, we're social creatures, right? Like we want to fit in, but it is really important to make sure you're fitting in with someone or some group that you actually believe in and that you really appreciate for more <laughs> than just social status or, you know, what job you're going to get at the end of it. Like, you know, in, in school, you often make friends with people because, you know, they've, they've got a really nifty backpack or whatever, right? Like, you'll see them in <laughs> class, you'll go, you know what, you are awesome. But at the end of the day, if you don't agree with them on things that are important to you, it makes it really difficult. And the same applies to university. Like I'm at university now. I've chosen a subject that is challenging and I'm learning a lot, but I don't know if that's what I want to do for the rest of my life because does it bring me happiness? Does it fill all the criteria that Dylan thinks are what what make us, that, that correct us and, and make sure our path is actually where we want to end up? And I think that's a question that you always have to keep asking yourself. So I think that's like happiness is a very good criteria to use. It's a good <laughs> variable to mm-hmm. optimize towards. 100%. Yeah, I think that the reason that you're happy is because you have meaningful and sustainable relationships. It's not just because I got an invite to this party, I got an invite to this social gathering. And that's why that's not going to make me feel happy in the long term. Mm. And that's why I think what Dylan brought up about the importance of finding out why you're constantly trying to find this almost sort of validation and sort of belonging is really important. Because I think what I always ask myself is, would this relationship almost continue in five years time, in 10 years time? Would I care about this? It's almost like taking this perspective, but looking at it with hindsight. And I think with this perspective, you can really, like what Dylan said, seek the most happiness possible and not just happiness in the moment, but building meaningful relationships that you know can last. Dylan's really opened up this conversation with his piece of advice. Asking questions and hearing advice from different people from different places feels really meaningful. Speaking of which, we've got another piece of advice in response to this question, and it's from my best friend. Hi, my name is Shaniqua. So, In my perspective, I believe that when you're constantly shifting yourself and trying to fit in, that is when you find out who you really are. You will give yourself the ability and chance to see who and what environment you're comfortable in and who you actually fit in with by shifting and changing yourself. And I feel like this really relates to people going through their teen years as that is when you actually start to develop your own kind of sense and you get this from your surroundings. So honestly, it's not really about you have to search for it and stuff. It's more of like the surroundings that you put yourself in that help shape your character and help you fit in. Julia, what stood out the most to you from that? I think the thing that stood out most was just that, yeah, you will change. And that's something we've already discussed. But the bits of you that are unique to you will stay the same. There are things about you that no matter what context dictates, it's going to be really hard to change. Um, and I think that's something to be proud of. I think that's that's where we we're talking about being your true self. Your true self is going to be much less affected by the outside world, even than you sort of necessarily think it will be. And to try and just change your environment to see what bits stand out and what things make you unique in those environments is probably what what stood out for me. 
I was just wondering, what do you guys think about like different age groups and how this fits around different age groups? Because I think Shaniqua says about how when you're trying to constantly shift yourself and it's then that you find out who you really are. And I think it's almost like at what point when you're trying to fit in, do you find out who you really are? Because I agree with something that Juliet said um, earlier where nobody ever actually kind of stops trying to fit in. What are your guys' opinions on that? Yeah, I definitely see there's a drawback to just like attempting to fit in almost. Obviously, I see that sort of natural desire to have that sense of belonging. But I think um, what this advice meant to me is that don't restrict yourself. I actually get what you're saying. And also, it's almost like on one hand, you have people who have a set goal of trying to be someone that they're not and kind of having an ideal where they want of someone that they want to be. Whereas other people have ideas about maybe they want to try something new and trying to kind of develop passions elsewhere as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between exposing yourself to new opportunities and losing yourself in a new environment. A final piece of advice for this question is from a special guest, TV and radio presenter and Invictus Games medalist, JJ Chalmers. How can I know what my true self is if I'm constantly shifting who I am to try and fit in? I don't regret anything that I've done in my life. I do regret some of the things that I didn't do, particularly the things that I chose not to do because I was worried about what other people would think. You can take joy from spending time with others and being close to others, but ultimately you need to be happy in yourself. So whatever it is you like to do, you like to listen to, who you like to be with, that's your true self. And you just got to be happy being you. I really liked the line of, be happy with who you are and doing things that makes you happy. What do you think that idea means to you? Uh, I mean, I think the way he phrased it was very articulate and very well put. But I think the core sort of advice I would take from that advice is just try to work on the confidence to be vulnerable. Because what he was trying to explain, I hope I understood correctly, was just you're going to be around a lot of different people. You're going to hear a lot of versions of yourself from them. I mean, if I compare the way that my family sees me to the way that my friends or my teachers or my whatever see me, it's very different. And you're allowed to be different in different situations. That's always going to happen. But at the end of the day, you need to go home and be yourself and be happy with who you come home with, you know? And you have to be confident to take that person out sometimes and see if you're happy with the results. Um, So I thought, yeah, he put it really, really well. How about you, Annika? What do you think? Well, I think he touched on the subject of, like, fitting in and his experiences of trying to fit in and his experiences in general um, made him who he was. And I think I kind of relate to that, really, because the things that you experience and your perspectives of life and the things that you've um, heard of, you've been influenced by, I think that really does make an impact on who you are as a person, but also like your actions and things that you say, how you act and your behaviour really. I think there's also a difference between being influenced by other people, which is something that he touched on. There's a difference between being influenced by other people and trying to act like other people. Yeah, I just want to bring out that how I think that the rise of social media and the the increased use of it among young people really means that oftentimes the happiness that we sort of pursue is 
people thinking that we're happy, we're having a successful life instead of us internally being happy. But I think if you keep that core idea from this piece of advice of the necessity to be happy with who you are, then it means that on social media, you don't need to try and be like the person with two million followers. Yeah, strive for experiences, not appearances. Thanks, JJ. Being happy, being you, that's going straight into my notebook. Julia, Annika and James, you're doing a great job unpacking this big topic so far. But we've got two more questions to explore in this episode, so let's keep it moving. As we meet new people and have new experiences, our identity can change. But telling people how we've changed can be a challenge. This brings us on to question two. How do I come to terms with the fact I'm not the person I used to be and communicate to others that I'm different to who they think I am? The next piece of advice has been gathered by someone in our podcast group, and it's from Lorna. Hi, my name is Lorna. I'm 54 years old and I'm from Ascot, England. Life's path is not always straight. And along the way, you'll experience disappointments, setbacks, but also new opportunities that may not have been previously considered. So accept that initial hopes and dreams may not get realised. However, it is possible to seek out new opportunities. It is okay and quite normal to discover a new path and find fulfilment in other ways. Others will see your changes through what you do rather than what you say. Some people you meet through your life are transient, while others you may keep as firm friends. I quite like that, actually. I kind of believe in some ways that people come and go in your life. And a lot of the time, people, in in my opinion, they come to kind of make a difference in your life. I believe that things happen for a reason. And that's like a belief that has kind of stuck with me since I was a child kind of making sure that you're not always regretting decisions and seeing how your failures perhaps or your setbacks as she phrases it motivate you but also lead you to new things and new opportunities experiences you get to see a whole new perspective to things at times Um, and I think that's quite helpful in finding your identity what do you think James? I think for me generally I'm the kind of person that's quite organised. I like to set up what my life's going to be like so that I can envision it, I can work towards it, even, you know, just like working hard academically or doing stuff in order to reach that goal. But what this piece of advice sort of taught me is that you shouldn't set a straight line. You can have a general vague sort of vision. Well, not to mention that that doesn't always work when you set exactly. out that straight line. Exactly. 100%. It only makes you a few worse when you don't yeah. reach that straight line. But actually was waiting for you is much better than what you set up in a straight line. Big but... wiggly line. <laughs> circle. A circle. So, a circle. <laughs> Rainbow circle. We get there in the end. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just see what appeals to you and go for it. And for our third bit of advice in response to this question, we're lucky to have another special guest. Hi, I'm Hannah Cockcroft, seven-time Paralympic champion and proud Duke of Edinburgh Awards ambassador. When I started wheelchair racing, I was 15, so I was still at school. And in a very short space of time, I decided that this was what I wanted to do. This was what I wanted to take seriously and and this was what I was going to take forward. And to do that, I had to change a lot about myself. You know, I had to stop a lot of hobbies. I had to stop going to a lot of places. I literally went to school and came home and trained. And that was my life. That's been my life since I was 15 years old. 
And I'm really happy with that decision. I'm really happy with the outcome. I'm, I'm proud that I could commit to something in that way. But in that time, I lost a lot of friends because I changed who I was. And the answer that I would always get when I'd say, well, I'm going training was, well, you trained yesterday. You don't need to train again today. But I think for me, if you're trying to come to terms with who you are and how you've changed, then as long as it's the person that you want to be, then drive forward with it. Be proud of the changes that you're making because you're making them to become a better person, whether it's to be a Paralympic champion or whether it's to do smaller things like a massive one for me is just be a little bit more organised, keep my house a little tidier. They're all small changes that people around you can hold you back in if they don't understand your quest. So I think to communicate that to others, that you want to change, that you're trying to change. And it will be hard. There'll be times when you question, are you doing the right thing? Should you go back to what you were? Have you lost friends? Have you done something wrong? But always know that if everything you do is with the best intention, then it is the best thing that you could be doing right now. You're not going to be able to do it alone. I couldn't become Paralympic champion alone. I also can't keep my house tidy alone. And they're completely different things, but everybody needs a team around them. And you will know who your team are as soon as you vocalize what it is you're aiming to do and how you're aiming to change as a person. And that's how you'll work out who your team are. So build your team, build a team that you can trust, build a team that works for you and build a team that will support you in everything and anything that you want to do. Oh, that's that's a very inspiring yeah, piece of advice I love that. from a very uh, sort of important source, I think. But uh, yeah, Annika, do you want to start us off? Well, I think the fact that a seven-time Paralympic <laughs> <Paralympics laughs> champion <laughs> is kind of talking to us about setbacks and um, helping you to drive forward with who you are and being proud of the changes that you're making to become a better person. I think that that's also really inspiring, the fact that she's very motivated in what she does obviously she's said that from a young age she's um really happy with what she's doing but she's also kind of very motivated very dedicated yeah i think motivation is so important but i think her point about having your support group around you it's how you're able to continue doing the same thing again right she talks about training every single day and that's why i admire athletes so much because they go through so much repetitive training just for that, you know, I don't know how long the race is, but it's a relatively short amount of time compared mm -hmm. to the amount of training that they have. And that's the same in life. So it's a very, very long journey and you can't do this alone. You need mm. people around you. And another thing that um, I found really interesting is her talking about doing things with the best intention possible because you can't predict the outcome, but you can decide when you do something for example, just helping somebody or just starting a small habit. You know you have a good intention by doing this. You're making a statement for yourself. And I think that's the way you drive progress. I think the other thing I liked about just her story in general is that, you know, it's quite metaphorical, as you say. Like, learning from athletes is a very nice image to capture because they do have to be very consistent. They have to work in small steps. They have to build their team. Literally, they have to have their nutritionist, whatever. But like, we also need a team. And if we see our life as a long project, a quest, like, uh, which was her word, which I loved, then it, it makes you feel like you're capable of much more. And it makes you see yourself as not just someone who needs to run this one race and then you're done, but rather, you know, I want to be the best athlete at life I can be. So, 
To round things off, we have our third and final question on the theme of identity, and it's all about body positivity. Question three, what are the ways we can help people feel body positive without making it seem that physical appearance is more important than their other qualities? Our special guest, Hannah Cockcroft, is on hand to offer up some advice for this question. As a person with a physical disability, I often feel like I am judged by how I look when I enter a room rather than someone meeting me first. Uh, my wheelchair is always the first thing that's seen and the first thing that's normally commented on. And I think the ways that we can help people feel body positive without it seeming about their physical appearance is by actually starting to naturally compliment people on their other attributes. You know, why do we tell someone, oh, you look beautiful today, but we don't comment on, oh, you're so kind or you're so clever. Let's choose things that actually matter, that actually make a difference in this world. Someone that makes a difference deserves to be complimented on more than what they're wearing or what they look like. So I guess my piece of advice is that we need to start handing out compliments that are deeper than the skin. Wow, I really enjoyed that piece of advice, actually. I quite like the fact that she's kind of, Hannah's pressing on the fact that people kind of need to look at the personality of people that they meet rather than the appearance. And I think that's really good, the fact that often people, I feel, appreciate comments uh, made about their personality more than they do appearance. For example, if someone said to me, like, you're really nice, I'd really prefer that to a comment about my appearance. Do you know what I mean? What are your opinions about that? Yeah, firstly, I'm going to compliment everyone here. Thank you for being part of this. I'm having a lot of fun. So that's a compliment. That's not... You're too kind. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, No, I think generally, I think this needs to... It's something that needs to be built in society because everyone, when you want to compliment someone, the default is, oh, you look really pretty today. But I definitely agree that for me as well, that if you compliment on my personality or for me being helpful or really kind person, I appreciate that more than just on my physical appearance. And that's how I think we can shift the attention from how you dress, how you look to things that actually matter more, that we want people to be kind. We want people to open up if they have problems. We want people that want to listen to other people's problems. Yeah, I mean... I agree with that. I think the biggest thing I took from this was just how powerful compliments are because I've been actually one of my newest resolutions was to try and give more compliments. Um, and I think it's a really difficult thing because the fact is you want to do, you want to notice things about people and you want to be personal with your compliments. You want to say things that really resonate with you and the person, but it's hard to know the context because if you try Mm -hmm. and make it about appearances and you say, oh, you've lost weight, you look amazing, then, you know, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's happened because they've had a really tough couple weeks. And so it's really difficult to pick that compliment with a degree of gentleness, you know? And I think what, what Hannah said was just so meaningful, the fact that if you try and listen to how they make you feel and try and sort of tap into that how have their actions affected you rather than their appearances? It's something that sticks with you as the complimenter and the complimentee much, much longer. The last bit of advice in this episode is from Rob, another member of our podcast group. My name is Rob. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Kent in the southeast of England. I wanted to give advice in response to this question because as someone who's over six foot seven tall, that's about two metres, I've constantly battled with height-related questions, judgments, conversation openers. 
I mean, strangers have stopped me in the street to remark on how tall I am. Cashiers at Tills have commented that I must have to buy really long trousers. People on the tube think it's funny that I can't stand up on the tube. Ultimately, I do find these things quite funny in myself. But when it comes from complete strangers, you stop and think that such comments think that people can't see beyond my height, even though they almost always don't intend it that way. So I guess my advice to this question is just always check yourself before commenting on people's appearance. Do you know them well enough to feel it's appropriate to make a comment about their height, their size, their fashion taste, their hair? Accepting people as they are without comment goes such a long way to helping them feel comfortable in their own appearance. If unusual traits or features or whatever it is are accepted without question, individuals feel so, so much more comfortable. And ultimately, this allows much more room for their personality to shine out instead, which of course is far more important than anything physical that you can see. I just want to say that I'm also from Kent, but I don't suffer from being too tall. I do suffer from being too short. And so I do relate <laughs> it in the opposite manner. But I, I definitely do relate to people giving judgment. It's very similar. And I think the key thing that I learned is empathy, thinking about whether you want someone to approach you um, and make these comments to yourself if you if you are different physically. Um, and I think when people use empathy and putting themselves in other people's shoes, that's when we get less judgment and just a kinder society. Yeah, I agree with you. Ultimately, there is positives and negatives to having different kinds of physical features. But I don't think really we need to comment on it. And often looking at the positives of things and also looking at the personality wise of giving compliments can really help in the sense of not saying the wrong thing, which is often something that people um, think about. We've asked the questions and we've heard the advice. Now it's time to hear what resonated most with Juliet, Annika and James and find out what piece of advice they're going to commit to trying out in their everyday lives. Let's start with Juliet. Oh, we've had a lot of really good advice, so choosing is not easy. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and start small. Uh, and I think the biggest thing I would like to take forward into my own life is I think something that Hannah said she was talking about sort of having a team and really owning your choices and seeing your life as a quest that you can incrementally make progress along. Those are things that I, I'm really trying to add to my mindset and to really internalise. And I think that's that's something I'm going to try and take away from this. Um, how about you, Annika? Yeah, I think that's something that really stuck with me as well. I also think that Hannah said something about trying to compliment people on their personality. And that's something that I've never really had a conversation about and really discussed. Um, I think personality compliments <laughs> could be said a lot more. And I think um, that's something that I will take into my own life. And I think I'll implement that when I'm talking to people generally. Yeah, just like you said about how um, you'll be much more willing to or wanting to give more compliments to people. I think that also ties with what we were saying, how, for example, if I start giving compliments to people around me and they're like, are you okay? Like, why why this sudden change? And I, I guess that goes with the idea of confidence with your identity, confidence with shifting your identity, with the fluidity of the identity, and also ties with advice I really liked about doing things with the best intention. And as long as you do everything with your best intention, it will work out. I love that. I'm so excited to see how Julia, Annika and James get on trying out their bit of advice. We'll be catching up with them again in the final episode of the series, where we get to hear the audio diaries they're recording and see whether they plan to take the advice with them into the future. 
For me, gathering advice from friends and family for this episode was such a big learning experience. I got to hear what they actually think about the topic of identity. It's not something we've discussed really openly before. So hearing from people that I'm close to, who I don't necessarily speak to about these things, was such an eye-opener. I think I'm going to need to re-listen back to this episode. But off the top of my head, here's what stood out to me. Trying to see the good in the questions others ask about you. Taking time to figure out what it is you like about yourself and feeling good about that. And finally, although it sounds a bit cliche, we really can be beautiful, both inside and out. So go on, what little piece of advice could you try out? Coming up next week, something that touches all of our lives, social media. Join us as we learn how to connect better with friends and family, how to limit our screen time without being left out, and ask, it can't all be bad, can it? That's it from me for now. See you next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs> we should probably say thank you too, eh? <laughs> thank <for> you! <laughs>